Hello, welcome, welcome back, welcome to... I don't know whether you're walking in the door for the first time or coming back after multiple visits. Either way, it's lovely to have you with us on Find the Outside, the podcast. We talk to lots of glorious, wonderful, intelligent, provocative and powerful people on this pod. And then you also get to hear the wonderful uh, conversations between Chews and I that meander all over the place, but somehow <laughs> find their way to some meaning. And uh, anyway, it's lovely to have you with us. And, uh, and, and in this pod, we're going to be reflecting on some of the interviews we've just done recently. Right, Juice? That's right. So today we're going to reflect on our interview with Meg Buzzy and Brandon Dubay of The Present of Work, as well as Bio Akamalafe. Um, and these were wildly different interviews. Right. I was just thinking, wow, one of the things, I don't want to self sound like self-congratulatory, but I'm going to say one of the things I like about our podcast is how <laughs> very different right? Our guests are. And someone asked me recently, you know, what, what uh, episodes I might recommend to get a sense of the podcast. And I actually came up a little blank. I said, I can tell you the ones I love, which is actually almost all of them. But, um, but to get a sense of the podcast, once we've started having guests, they're actually quite disparate, right? Hmm. And, and I'm thinking that this particular set of interviews, I love that they're put together because they do feel Although I think in the bio interview, we got a lot of thinking about how we position polarities or, you know, mm. but, but if I were to use my old language, I might say they were, they were on opposite poles and that with questions of change making or how to view the world and how to orient toward the world in our work. Whereas I felt like bio's answers pushed me to complexity, reconsidering what I know, looking at things from a new angle, certainly didn't make anything easier, right? Some of the ways we talk about participation doesn't make things easier. It makes it more informed. I felt like that right. was a huge contribution of his. And, and kind of on the other end, talking to Meg and Brandon, I was struck by a sense of lightness, of mm. simplicity, of we mm. can do this, Right. Mm. We really actually we know what to do. We need to turn toward our relationships and take care of those in some ways mm. and then move forward together. So I loved having these two things together because for me, they were on opposite sides of the poles. And yet I left both feeling really inspired about the work in front of me. Right. Because both are true. Mm -hmm. Right. Like mm -hmm. it is highly complex. It is. Um, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, physically demanding mm -hmm. this work, you know, and these times, bluntly. And on the other hand, it, it can be as simple as turning to each other and having the conversations that matter to, quote, Margaret Wheatley or someone in the Art of Hosting <laughs> Network, I'm sure. It's Meg who wrote the book, Turning to Each Other, right? Yeah. It was Meg who wrote uh, that book. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's a, you know, it's a recurring theme when you, you know, when you, when you, when you don't know what to do, turn to each other and you'll begin to find a way forward. That's how human beings have navigated for generation upon generation, I think. Um, so yeah, I, th I think it's, I think it's a sense of both, both being true and, and, uh, and what I find doing these interviews is I begin to start, they, they'll, they'll push different parts of me, but I'll also find where my tendency is. You know, mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, well, I've definitely got a tendency towards the simplicity, I think, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. ultimately, uh huh. you know, of like what's right in front of me 
and what's the next step I can take and how do I take it? Mm-hmm. You know? And then, and, uh, cause I furrow my brow enough trying to think about things. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually getting lines. I'm getting, I mean, I know I'm 47, but I'm getting like those two lines in between my eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I, you know? I'm not saying mm-hmm, you're getting them. I'm saying, mm-hmm, I get it. Like, wow, you're wrinkling up, Tim. That's what's happening. No. Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, a a couple of things. One is I was aware in both interviews that we were talking to brilliant people. Outstanding. Like. Right. And, and, And yet how very different their brilliance comes up in the world. Right. How very different kind of that brilliance kind of manifests in the world. Um, And I was thinking as I was listening to the bio interview this morning, um, not only I think you're right, that's a really good point that both are true, the complexity and simplicity. But I was thinking um, in this phase of my life, uh, I'm in a little more wanting to expand how I'm thinking about the work. Mm. To go and I'll I know what that means is I'll go back to implementing in a different mm. way, right? It's like oh, okay, I actually do need a little expansion here. Oh, okay, and then I'll figure out what it means on the ground. And I was noticing that kind of rhythm for myself too. There was a there was a a point I can just find it in different areas of my life in my early and mid twenties where I really needed to expand and understand equity and race and gender and power. And like, I was just like hungry for information about that. And, you know, kind of like went to training, did these things and then, and then did a period of implementation and kind of came to the limits of that. And then, you know, that's when I found art of hosting. I was exposed to all of these new thinkers and new thoughts. And I was like, okay, I'm opening up again. And then, you know, we're trying to figure out for me trying to figure out like, how do I pull that power analysis as well as what I'm learning through living systems and complexity theory together into a practice. And that's where we've been. And I find that probably right now I'm also opening up again to like, okay, what else do I need to know to begin to bring into my practice? Right. Just kind of noticing that opening and closing feels really real to me. And this is also these, these, uh, these interviews really bookended it. It's like, I felt like I could turn to, to bio for kind of some of that expansion and Meg and Brandon for like, okay, so then what, what do you do in the world? Like, what does that look like day to day? So you just, you just listened to the bio one, right? You, you were listening, mm-hmm. were you listening to it this As morning? I did this morning. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so what was it about that interview that really, that, that like pushed that expansion for you? A couple of things. One is what draws me in is um, watching people be intellectually courageous, right? Yes. Um, and so I think that he is intellectually unafraid. My you know? gosh, fearless was the word that was yeah. rolling around my head when you said that. Like, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And so just watching him at, at one point in the interview, <laughs> he just made up a word and he just says oh, yeah, that's it. right. The way he moved and interacted with the world, imprinting and marking the world and creasing the world in, in different ways. I just made up that verb, creasing. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so- this is a man who is thinking right in front of us. He's got all sorts of things backing up his thinking. He can, you know, quote people and, you know, know about studies, but like he's actually doing real time intellectual creation in front of us. 
Mm. And that is like just like that pushes me. It's for me, that is power among. That would be another example of power among someone picking up their power, which makes something more possible for me. Hmm. Right. I'm just like my brain is like, oh, what? What do I think about those things? What so what you know, how might I begin to articulate my understanding of that, whether it's like his or not, but just watching that kind of intellectual creation right in front of you was quite compelling and drew me in. But the other piece that was so interesting to me was his willingness to engage. You asked him some really pointed questions around ancestors, Mm. uh, the people, ancestors and what is it? Progeny. Is that who comes after us? Progeny. Right. And, and he brought in gods, plural. I just was like, that all feels like, yeah, that's the realm I want to be doing our work in. That's so true. And everything, I loved that because it's almost like every question we asked or every dialogue we got into was by its nature expansive. It was just like constantly, you know, Mm -hmm. it's quite spacious to be with someone who's like that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. All right. You know, it's like, it's like the, the, the limits of your thinking are pushed because the person with who you're with when you're with bio he's pushing his thinking like you say live and so as a result you're pushing you're pushing yours too yeah you're right i remember that feeling you know it's kind of like it's actually really exciting isn't it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know hmm. i'm so deep in practice at the moment you know so deep in like delivery you know, like working either with clients of the outside or in the in the soccer club, we just launched this big mm. kind of free access high performance program for 40 kids. And, and I'm just so like I was working with 40 kids last night, you know, all my years of facilitation skill are getting truly put to the test again. I love it. But I'm so deep in the practice of it at the moment, you know. I love that idea that we go through, and I think it's true from my life, that we go through these phases you know, where we expand and then implement and then expand and then implement and and it cycles like that. Um, you just referenced power among, mm-hmm. and there may well be people on the call who don't have a context for those two words, you know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pivotal within the outside theory of change, you know. Right. Um, and I think the way Bio talks about his work and the way the present talk about their work you know, it's very aligned with our thinking, but do you want to, cause it, you know, in many ways it's, it's kind of, uh, uh it integrates and transcends transactional analysis, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it's so good. What you did just there. That's so good. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And I guess that's a man who nearly failed his bachelor's right there. I, I don't believe that for a moment. I mean, <laughs> I just don't believe that. For, well, I mean, I guess I believe what you're saying. I just feels like hard to believe that that's possible that well, you almost okay. failed your bachelor's, but okay. Um, so one thing is folks can find out more about this if they take our shared work course. I think Jen Ooh, between great. would be really happy for me to say that out loud, right? That's where yeah. we talk a little bit more about power among, but power. And among it's an amazing the- course. It is. I mean, it's, we're really proud of it. And one of the reasons we're putting these, these kind of like online courses out is so people can get access to some of the thinking. And it's interesting recently, people are hiring us because we're edge thinkers. We were described that way, you know, people mm. who are like really pushing the edge of our practice. Anyway, stop, please. Power Hmong. That's great. So Power Hmong. So uh, often when we talk about power, I'm just trying to be succinct here. Often when we talk about power, we are 
talking about kind of really transactional, um, uh, completely finite kinds of power. We talk about different groups having power over other groups, or different people have a powering over power over other people. Or we talk about like kind of having sharing power, power with collaboration, or we talk about power for, which is like an advocacy model. But in all those models, power is is just finite, right? There's just so much. You have it, I don't, we share it. I use mine on behalf of yours. But like, it's almost like power is this pie. And like, we just got to figure out how to split the pie a little bit better. But like, there's just one pie. And so we just started to think about like, what would it mean to begin to think about power as not finite, as infinite? Resources are infinite. But what if power actually is not? What does it look like to imagine that if someone dips their their bucket in a well of power and gets some, I actually get some, right? Like it doesn't actually decrease the well, right? There's all there's always more and you actually dipping your bucket actually puts puts water in mine. And so just this idea around how do we actually begin to expand our understanding of power beyond the finite and understand that it happens between us and that we can actually lift each other um, through our taking up of power rather than something is taken from. And so that, that the idea is power among, and I always use the example of artists, right? Yeah. You know, like I was hoping you'd do that. Right. Like that just, it feels like this is a place where people experience it all the time. You see an artist simply expresses something from their selves, they pick up their power and they express something and you are lifted. I always talk about hearing the first female rapper. I was like, ah, something happened for me, right? Something became more possible for me with that artist just doing what they're doing. I love this idea of power among, um, uh, I mean, for lots and lots of reasons because of, you know, what it does to our understanding and ideas of power, but also I was just, as you were talking just then, I was, I was thinking about this idea of, of when you can feel a group that you're facilitating get into flow, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or even a, a sports team get into flow mm-hmm. or the way a shoal of fish just seem to turn. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Yes. Right. And I was just thinking like how important that is, like that it's, it's, uh, it's about, you know, it's really raising our awareness to these, these kind of like moments of magic or where, where, where the, where all of those transactional relationships, it stops depending on all the individuals around the edge yes. and something actually emerges from the middle. Right. Right. You know, and I think in many ways as, as process facilitators or people who are working in very, very complex environments, multiple conflicting stakeholders, often like that's the real that's the special source in it. When, when you can feel in a group that something is beginning to pop out of the center rather than being driven by any one individual, because mm-hmm. the, the quality of ownership that is born out of that, right? Because the power has come from among us mm-hmm. rather than been driven by one or right. few or, you know, um, uh, it feels like that's the game changer. It's almost like the, but it's almost like the Holy Grail of, of our work when groups enter that state that's right you know that something fundamentally innovative is happening that is bigger than any single individual could ever create that's right and i think you and i have lots of felt experiences of that over over the years of over the years of working together of 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 like feeling that you know and uh, and but then it's like how do you create the conditions for it 
And that for me is part of what Meg and Brandon are putting their attention yeah, on. There we go. Like perfect. Creating the conditions, you know, they, they talk about relationships, they talk about communication, but creating the conditions for that kind of flow and that kind of magic to happen in groups, yeah. right? So they've kind of turned their attention to creating those conditions for people. And mm. I, what I thought was so, and what I'm interested in, I'm just thinking out loud here, but be, because as we were, as I was listening to the bio interview this morning, I was thinking how glad I was that we were interviewing him together. Hmm. Uh, and he does a lot of partnering, right? So he's not he's not a lone wolf. He does a lot of partnering with people. But I was noticing how that I, I think that kind of like intellectual kind of spiritual uh, creation that he's doing often is is um, like a person and kind of sharing it out with the world. Whereas talking with Meg and I was just really glad we were in that interview together um, because I could because I'm an introvert. I just like needed to think a little bit about some of what he was saying. And I just kind of couldn't come back. But also there's something about partnership. And, and I was thinking, um, I was really glad that we did the interview with Meg and Brandon together too. Hmm. And so I'm just kind of interested in partnership because they, they, I think they put a lot of attention on their partnership and on the relationship among them as their team. Um, and so what they're doing, creating conditions for flow or magic, I think is much harder to do alone, right? Like, you know, so they're putting their attention to it and doing it as a team, right? So like, there's like the intellectual, spiritual, like putting things out in the world. or expansion. Right. Yeah. Right. Which can, which can feel individual. And then Meg and Brandon, which felt like deeply relational, like what mm. they're doing in the world felt deeply relational. And I was just kind of interested and glad in both cases. I remember having a moment in both cases and being glad that you and I were doing those interviews together. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love that. Now we're working with a, a, a client in Europe at the moment who uh, is, is just very specifically appreciative of the fact that we're two people. Mm-hmm. And 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 has and she's been she's a very senior leader and she's been kind of considering you know like models of co CEO ship or co leadership mm-hmm. that actually that may be the best structure for kind of organizational institutional mm-hmm. team leadership rather than having this single CEO or this single leader that actually there's real power in. Um, uh, a, a co-leading team and and you know she she also has and I think we have an emphasis on thinking about that as something that happens across gender and across race and across right. class and of course the increased strength that that brings but I think in I think in general uh it, it I just enjoy my life far more <laughs> when it's not just me mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. Like, like working with you on the outside or being in teams or being able to like be in interviews or facilitate process and know that someone else is there. There's like, it, it, it actually gives me to permission to relax and enjoy what I'm doing as well yeah. as deliver it, you know? That's right. And, uh, and for me, it's a lot harder to really relax and enjoy things when I'm delivering them on my own, you know, and uh, spend a lot of my time doing this stuff. Right. So if you can't find a way to enjoy it, why do it? Right on. Yeah. And I think that, that struck me about um, the present as well, was that they, they seemed to really enjoy what they were up to, they, you know, and they seemed to really enjoy each other. Not that it's always not without its its conflict and its learning, but there was, yeah, they seemed yeah. to really be, be loving what they were up to. Yeah. 
You know, I was also, I think, I think that that's right. I think they love what they're up to. I think they like, I think they love their relationships as, as they develop with each other. And that lend itself. And maybe this is also common among these two interviews, but I want to focus on Megan Brandon. I think it leads to a lot of generosity, right? Mm. They're, they're quite productive, but they're quite generous mm. with it. You know, they mm. talked about, you know, like, meeting for a year, or I, I don't remember, like a meeting for a year, a year and a half together, just to kind of like be in thinking and learning right. with each other, right? Meg is just kind of off the side of her desk, done a book around kind of what, you know, they just, it feels like there's a lot of generosity. They put things into the world. They host, you know, people to come chat with them about what they're learning. Like they're really quite generous um, mm-hmm. with what they're doing and they're offering into the world, which I also think, and I just having known Meg Buzzy for a number of years, I think I'd love to talk about um, the uh, the connection between generosity and courage, right? Because part of what I see her doing is she's just like, she has an idea and then she just makes it happen. Like she just kind of never <laughs> doubts, right? And it often is really generous, but I think it's just really linked to her courage of just like, of course I'll do that. I'll put it out in the world, but, you know. Um, I just, I've never thought about the connection between generosity and courage, but I see it in her specifically. And I think I see it in the present of work. Well, it's a, it's a vulnerable thing to put yourself out there, right? Mm-hmm. And that could be said for Bio as well as, you know, right. as well as Megan Brandon. I mean, I think all three of those people, I think it could be said of us. All three of those people are putting themselves, they're putting themselves out in the world in, in, a, in, a, in a way that is um, genuine, not, yeah. not defended. Right. 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 You know, which of course you mean, it means you get access to something very authentic, but uh, it it feels very high risk to do that. Mm -hmm. Or it can Mm -hmm. feel, when I'm doing it, it feels high risk. Yeah. You know, and the old, the old, you know, the older I've got and the more I've gradually, and this journey will continue till I'm dead, but the more gradually I've become comfortable with who I am, the less that stresses me out. But like, I don't, I don't think it's any small thing to be generous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it require. I think it does require a lot of courage and, uh, st- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was certainly trained that when you kind of put yourself out there, you put your armor on first, mm. Mm. you know, like that's mm-hmm. kind of what you do, you know, but, uh, that isn't how any of those three turn up yet. They're doing. No. They're all doing ground shaking work, mm-hmm. but from a place of generosity, which inevitably means vulnerability. Right. And also like, how busy is bio? I you know? know. How much does bio have going on? And he get, you know, I think, I think it was like 10 o'clock at night or something when he came yes. on with us, wasn't it? It was some I crazy know. time of night. Remember? Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, what an amazing yeah. gift and I, that this man is giving us to come and hang out with the two of us and, and like, and just not hold back just to be like fully there, fully present. And, and I just, you know, thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. You know, for people like that in the world, you know, who are willing yeah. to just do that. That's right. <laughs> well, so as you can tell, we loved these interviews. They were, they were yeah. fantastic. Yeah. If you haven't heard them and you're just listening to the reflection, go back and tune in. Yeah, absolutely. They're both completely worth it. Please do. All right, my friends, take good care of yourselves. Thank you.